Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Amen. God is good. All the time. And all the time, you look happy here. You look happy in there. I'm sure you're happy. You got your pajamas on. That's okay. But we are glad that it is Sunday. I don't know about you, but I've been doing this lead pastor thing for 16 years. And every Sunday, I get that nervous anxiety. Like if you played sports or if you had a piano recital, you know that nervous anxiety? And it's like Sunday fun day. It's a good day to be alive. Can I get a witness? Amen. And so I am just so grateful for our church. We are in uh, month 10 of pandemic 2020, but we are still well. We are still happy. We still love the Lord. Can I get a witness in you here in your house? We are still faithful. We ain't going nowhere. We are the people of God and he will win. And through this season, we've been learning to stay close to him, right? Like, like in cycling, you know, they kind of draft. There's a person out in front and then the people behind get behind in line because they cut the wind and they're able to kind of run the race or do the race with less effort. Christ is our um, um, archegos. He goes in front of us. It's a, it's a Greek term. And, and, and we're drafting with him. He makes this, our burden's easy. His yoke is light. We might've gotten knocked down 12 times, but we got up 13. Can I get a witness? How many know what I'm talking about? You know why? Because we're made of the right stuff. You might be Irish, that's good stuff. You might be Mexican, that's good stuff. But I'm not talking about that good stuff. I'm talking about the better stuff that those of us who have Christ in our lives, we have been adopted as him, as our father, we as his sons and daughters, that's the stuff that keeps us going, getting up time and time again. And we don't gotta know what tomorrow looks like because we know who holds tomorrow. Someone say amen. Amen. I'm ready to preach. All right, we're excited. We're gonna be partaking of communion, those at home. If you wanna make sure you're ready for that, we will do that at the very, very end. As you turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter three, I know it's, it's the Christmas season. Uh, here in this room, we got lights and are these chrysanthemums? Poinsettias. Are, chrys, are chrysanthemums even red? I don't know why we're chrysanthemum. Is that even a flower? Okay, close enough, right? We got a Christmas tree, right? But, but I can't get out of Joshua yet. I can't. So... Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. But we ain't leaving Joshua yet. We're gonna go ahead and go turn into real ultra Christmas mode on the 20th, but we're gonna stay in Joshua for a couple more weeks. As you turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter three, uh, I wanna just thank uh, all of you who have, who over the last month shared your love um, through various expressions and gifts and cards to not just uh, Lori and I, but our, our entire pastoral staff. Um, they have been so blessed by you. And so thank you for loving us. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Lori clapping. Well, that was Pastor Chris. He, the, the Pastor Chris is like Holy Spirit dancing over here in the corner. 
But our pastoral staff loves you. So grateful. Thank you for loving on us. And we, I think we love you more. But the way you loved us, I'm not sure now. You might love us more even. Um, I want to uh, pray a special prayer before we go right to the word, go in the word. I, w- I want to do this. Um, for Because we know that in our, in our area, the numbers, across, well, statewide and in, in our area, numbers are elevating. We have a part of our congregation uh, lots of frontline workers, and they're right there in the mix. Um, they're right there, you know, serving people that are struggling. Um, and so I would like to pray a special prayer. Amen? Amen? Protection over us and our families, healing for those who are sick, and protection over those who serve. Heavenly Father, we thank you. This ain't the first plague. And your church... Has been, has been resilient through it all, throughout history. And so we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would heal those that are, have been stricken with COVID-19. Battling pneumonias, the high fevers, all of the symptoms. God, we pray for a supernatural intervention. We thank you that um, people are working on a vaccine but ultimately our trust, God, is in you. We pray for a protection upon us and our family members, for each one gathered in this house and in houses, Lord, all throughout the Central Valley and even out of state that join us in worship on Sundays. God, we pray your hedge of protection. And Lord, for those who serve the, the sick, a special anointing, physical protection, mental protection, spiritual protection, and emotional protection. We bless them in Jesus' name. And let our hearts, God, today be prepared for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We're gonna go to, in just a moment, we're gonna read out of Joshua chapter three, but I want to do something a little different. I want to read a passage to you. I want to go back to Joshua chapter one. We're not going to put it up on the screen, but if you have your your phone or your Bible, you can go to Joshua chapter one. I want to read just a few verses, or you can just close your eyes and let me read it for you. I want you to imagine that this is a monumental historical moment. This is a crossroads in the history of Israel. 30 days prior, Moses, the the, the resilient, fearless leader of the people of Israel had died. And there were 30 days of grieving for the nation of Israel because this one, this, this prophet leader that had confronted Pharaoh and his court and had led the people of Israel, not just through the Red Sea and, and delivered from Egyptians Uh, from Egypt's chariots and warriors, but also had led them through the desert for 40 years, and he's dead. And now their skin is toughened by the sun because they've been out there for a generation. They have buried grandparents and fathers and mothers. They don't know what it means to stay still, wandering, wandering, wandering for 40 years, and now is a new day and a new time. And it's not a new day of ease, but it's a new day of opportunity. There's a new leader. There's a new generation. 
And this generation is not gonna be called to walk in circles, but is going to be called to overcome a land, to be God's representatives. God had done pruning, God had done cleansing. And here stands Joshua, a leader for the hour, and a people who are gonna have to learn how to trust God in a new way. Because it won't be manna falling from heaven, but it'll probably be arrows. And there will be giants. And there will be fortified cities. It won't just be, let's find some shade. It'll be walls are gonna have to come down. It's a new day for a new people. And this is how God introduces the people of Israel to the season. He says, it says in Joshua 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Someone say, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one, someone say no one. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Come on. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to give them. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. And then I love this. See, God is preparing the people. How you're gonna make it? How you're gonna make it? Be strong and courageous and be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it. Don't turn from it neither the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Someone say, keep. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, he says three times, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever, 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 wherever. What? Forest fires, wherever. Riots in the streets, wherever. Pandemic, wherever. Murder hornets, wherever. I think those stayed in Washington. Wherever you go, that's the preface to the people entering new terrain. And we're entering new territory. And he says to us, I will be with you like I was with your grandma. I will be with you like I was with your parents. And if maybe you're, you didn't come from a, a, a sanctified family, I will be with you like I was with your neighbor who was. But I'm gonna come through for you. Just be strong and courageous. And don't depart from the book. Someone say the book. Again, he said, do everything that's in the book and you will be successful. 
Joshua chapter three, verses seven through 17. Well, we're gonna read just a few verses here to start, but that's our passage today. Joshua is preparing the people to enter promised land and soon to confront Jericho. And verse seven says this, and the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord, your God. The title of the message is, in our sermon series, Our Finest Hour, is How to Turn the Tide. How to Turn the Tide. There are moments in life when we have got to understand that truly just about everything outside of us is going the wrong direction. That's just a fact of life, whether you're saved or not saved. The reality is that it, at times it appears, and we can all bear witness to 2020, like everything, murder hornets and, 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 and fire tornadoes and, and, and houses burning and people sick and no one knowing how to handle it. The government not knowing how to handle it. Educators not knowing how to handle it. Political uh, melee and chaos and, and people not knowing how to respond. It seems like 2020 has conspired against us. And that's not, this is unusual in that it's on such a scale, but this isn't the first time you have felt like life has conspired against you. There are times in our lives when it seems like every step I take, I'm sliding back three more. Every time I try to make a wise decision, it backfires. It seems like there isn't room for me. It seems like there isn't favor for me. What do we do when the tide seems to be against us? And the people of Israel are about to embark on a new journey where, again, they'll need to trust God to deliver them not just manna, but cities. Not just water, but he'll have to deliver armies into their hands. And so what does God do? God reveals his power by turning the tide before his enemies can see it, they gotta see it. Before the people that are locked up and shut up in Jericho are gonna see God move, the people of Israel, the people of God have to see God move. You need to see God move in your mind. You need to see God move in your own checkbook. You gotta see God move in your own professional life. God is up to something and he wants to reveal himself to you and to your children. We're a part of the process. He does 98, 99% of it, but we gotta do something because faith is required. Are you with me? Are you okay? Faith is required. That's why you forgive even if they have offended you 12 times. Faith is required to forgive because I know God can use my forgiveness in their life. And I know God can use my effort in my life. That's why you give even when it's tight 
because you're believing God is the one who blesses you and provides for you. This is why you tell your children no when they want to do something unrighteous because you trust, you believe that God's going to work in your child's life and they're going to give their life to Christ and realize you've blessed them and not cursed them. It takes faith first. Faith is required. Faith is required. Are you still with me? Amen. Faith is required. God wants to show up. He wants to turn the tide. And as I, we, I look at this uh, chapter three, there are some things I just wanna share with you briefly that I believe are essential to turning the tide. If you feel like you're being overwhelmed, well, let's turn the tide. You're starting to, to waver in your faith, let's turn the tide. You're not sure how you're gonna make it and you're, you're, stu- you're stuck in fear, let's turn the tide. Let's turn the tide. Your marriage is starting to slide, let's turn the tide. God wants to turn the tide in your life. God wants to reverse the current. You might be looking at something and saying, it's gonna require a miracle. Good, because we know the miracle worker. We know the one who brings dead people back to life. We know the one that, that provides water from a rock. Can I get a witness? Yes. It's good you need a miracle because the miracle, want, miracle worker wants to reveal himself to us. The first thing we need to do to turn the tide. Now, we, I don't know how profound we are, but I think we're useful here. Number one is you need to listen for your orders. You need to listen for direction. You need to stop listening to the wrong voices and start listening to the only voice that really matters. We need to stop listening to opinions and start listening to divine counsel. We have to hear the voice of God. We have to hear him speak to us. We gotta make room for him. Now, people in our area, lots of commuting, lots of time on the road, lots of time over. Let me tell you, you gotta make room to listen to the Lord. He don't just speak through me or through your Thrive Group leader or through a pastor. He wants to speak to you. He wants to directly give you instruction. Look what Joshua says in verse nine. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here. Someone say, come here. I I met a guy who named his dog, come here. (laughs) Come here. I think he spelled it K-A-M-E-E-R, but it meant come here. I should have named my kids. Come here, one. Come here, two. Come here. Joshua said, come here and listen. Someone say listen. To the words of the Lord your God. We're in a very busy time. You know what? You all got to, we all got, I all got to be careful with this. Because I caught myself, I'm watching, you know, the Dodgers win the World Series. Sorry. I know where I am in Northern California, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <laughs> and all you Giants fans, get back. <laughs> but I'll be watching, I was watching the Dodgers and then there's a commercial and I go and I find some dumb game on my phone. How many have a dumb game? How many got like 19 dumb games on your phone? It's some like, I, Lori put me onto it. Thanks a lot, babe. It's a matching game. I don't know if you got it. I don't even know what it's called, but I'm on there. And then, and then I realized, oh, it's an inning and a half has passed. Why can't we just sit still anymore? 
Why can't we? You know, they got you all synchronized with their, with their uh, algorithms. Yeah, yeah. If you just say in and out, here comes an ad. Right? Siri's listening. Seriously listening, Siri. She listens better than your wife. She listens better than your husband. She says, you said snack? Right? And stuff comes up on your phone and it's like always on, right? Sometimes it's right by your, your, your bed and you get up at four o'clock in the morning to get on your commute and you're on there before you even get out. Why can't we stop? We, we, gotta, we gotta stop if we're gonna hear God. We gotta listen. I remember a few years ago, we were driving and I'm, the, the Dodgers were in the, in, in, they weren't in the World Series because it was one of those rare years where they didn't win the World Series. <laughs> I know I'm lying. Okay, but <laughs> I remember the playoff game and we're traveling through like, from like Bakersfield up this way and I'm trying to find the game. You ever try to find something? on the radio and, and maybe got an old fashioned one, I don't know, but I'm trying to find it and you're, you're like finding and, and you think you, I, we thought we got the game and then some ranchera music started to play. It'd be like, you know, Vince Scully and strike two, da, 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 da. Like, I don't want to listen to rancheras right now. I'm not at a quinceanera. I don't want to listen to any music. I don't care where it comes from. I want to hear the game, but you have this like blending, right? Let me know what I'm talking about where you're trying to get it and you're like, you're trying to find the next one that might have what you really want to listen to. Maybe it's K-Love or I, I don't know, when you're trying to find it, but it's blending. And so you get the signal, but then another signal jumps in. We got to be careful that we're not getting a clear signal with God, that other voices are coming through. We need to listen to the voice of God. We got to be close enough to God to hear him. We need to hear him because he's trying to tell us what to do and how to do it. He's trying to tell us what to do or what's gonna happen and how to do it or how he's going to come through. He had promised, listen, he had promised Joshua, I will reveal to the people that you are my leader. I'm gonna elevate you and this is what I'm going to do. Oh, this is how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna elevate you and how I'm gonna do it is I'm gonna be with you as I was with Moses. He wants to tell you what he's up to and how he's gonna do it. See, it's not always guessing. Trusting is not the same as guessing. Trusting is having a fundamental understanding that God is not a man that he should lie and he's gonna come through. He's gonna keep the covenant. So I'm gonna keep the covenant. He's committed to me, so I'm going to stay committed to him. This isn't our first rodeo. Can I get a witness? We've been through battles. We have some scars. We've made mistakes, but we're going to learn from them, not repeat them. Why? We're not the generation that's going to walk in circles. We're going to figure it out, and we're going to go forward, and we're going to win a city. He wants to tell you what he's up to and how he's going to do it. Got to listen. You want to turn the tide. Listen to God. Don't listen to every opinion on Facebook. You'll find an expert that'll tell you whatever you want to hear. How about an expert that doesn't care if you want to hear it, but will tell you the truth? That's God. 
That's Christ. That's his word. He wants to speak to us. In order to turn the tide in your life, we first have to listen to the right voice or else we could continue to perpetuate the same mistakes we made when we were teenagers, when we were in our 20s, 30s, 40s, because there's some unresolved stuff there where we're still leaning on ourselves and our own understanding and not on him. Gotta listen to God. You gotta listen. Can I tell you one more thing? Because I don't know if someone in here has to hear it or someone out there needs to hear it, but let me tell you something. You need to listen to him, especially when you don't like what he's saying especially when you don't like what he's saying. You gotta listen. That's when you're gonna have a growth spurt. You ever had a growth spurt? I only had one. That's why I'm so short. But a growth spurt kind of hurts. I remember my knees hurt. And I, I played sports and the, my mom took me. She thought maybe I sprained my knee or something. He said, no, he's going through a growth spurt. The ligaments are stretching. It ain't comfortable to grow, but it's necessary. And oftentimes listening and obeying to the Lord when you don't like it, you don't have to like it for it to be good for you. You don't have to like it for it to be right. It doesn't have to, oh, come on. We live in a society that has learned to worship celebrities and feelings. And if we don't like it, we don't think it belongs to us. If you're a father, there are parts of fatherhood you're not gonna like, but you better do your job. Mothers, parts of your job you don't like, it don't fit right. Well, learn how to put it on and do your job as a mother. You got a job to do. You got a role to play. Doesn't matter if you don't like how it feels. The word of God is non-negotiable. Are you still with me? And then look at verse 10. It says this, Joshua tells the people, this is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you all these ites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the, even the Girgashites, they sound scary, the Amorites and the Jebusites. You wanna turn the tide? You wanna partner with God to turn the tide? Instead of looking for an escape from your circumstances, why don't you get comfortable with being surrounded? Get comfortable with the tension. As we were heading into the election, there are all kinds of Christians freaking out. They lost their minds. Some might still be losing their minds. What did we expect? He said, you'll be persecuted. He said, in the last days, they'll make the good thing's bad and the bad thing's good. He said, if they came after me, they're gonna come after you. What'd we expect? Disneyland? We ain't in heaven yet. America's awesome, I love it, but ain't heaven. We have got, God was taking the people of Israel out of walking in circles to achieving things. In order to live a significant life, you're gonna to have to enter enemy territory. And we're gonna to have to get comfortable with the pressure on our right and the threat on our left and someone trying to sneak up. 
behind us and big fortified walls in front of us. If we aren't going to get comfortable with being surrounded, we're gonna give in to things like addiction. We're gonna give in to things like trying to numb our senses. We're gonna give in to fits of rage. We're gonna give in to depression and anxiety. We have to get some thicker skin. We've got to realize that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It isn't just something cute to say or something fun to preach. It's the truth of the matter. It's the truth of the matter. We got to get comfortable with the Amorites over here and the Gergesites gurgling over here. We got to get used to, you know, arrows going by us. We got to know we got a place here. We got a role here. And he's got things for us to accomplish. We can never achieve things by hiding out. And can I just tell you, your greatest calling, if you're a parent, your greatest calling is to raise your children in the ways of the Lord and teach them how to be resilient. Teach them how to be fearless. Teach them the word of God. Teach them that no one's always gonna agree with them. Teach them that it doesn't matter who the human authority is in their lives, they can get it wrong, but God and his word will never get it wrong. Make them reliable, train them, impart to them the word, discipline them. Don't give them everything they want. Don't tell them that everything deserve everything they would ever want. They don't, you didn't. No, we gotta raise a generation that is going to be comfortable going to the middle school and the high school and the university and know they're gonna hear a lot of things, a lot of things and a lot of it good, but a lot of it wrong. And they're to be okay with the tension. Following me. That there's a grace on their lives. We need to be comfortable with being surrounded. The ter- okay. The terrain is new to us. This is a new day, a new season, but this ain't new. The people of Israel were gonna be surrounded. This is old. This is, as, this is as old as Daniel in the lion's den. This is as old as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. This is as old as Moses in Pharaoh's court. We have always been outnumbered physically, but the majority spiritually because of who God is, because he is committed to you. We got to listen. Someone say, listen. Got to listen. We got to get comfortable. And we got to accept the fact that God can do whatever he wants to do however he sees fit. Look at verse 11. Joshua says, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be what? Cut off and will what? Stand up in a heap. God will turn the tide. He's gonna turn the tide, but he's gonna do it however he sees fit. You don't get to tell him, like he's not Santa and I want a new job and I want a new car. 
turn the tide by, 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 by having a billionaire fall in love with me. You can't tell God. This ain't a movie. This isn't Lifetime. Hallmark. Some of you have, know what I'm talking about. No, no, no. God is up to something and he gets to do it however he sees fit. When I had open heart surgery, God did some amazing things. God did some amazing things. I should have died on a basketball court at 17. Should have died. On the bench, I came out and we had a trainer. The Lord blessed me because the trainer of our high school team, it was a really strong program in Orange County, Southern California. The tra- our trainer, we had a trainer. He wasn't just a coach. He wasn't just some guy. He's a trainer. He was, had been a trainer for the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers basketball team. He'd been a trainer for the Los Angeles Rams back in the 80s. And he's sitting on the bench when I get sick and he's taking my pulse and he sees that it's over 230 beats a minute. The entire game, the entire game. I came out in the first quarter. I had to come out. I said, this is their signal. I got to come out. Have a hard time breathing. My heart's racing. And he, throughout halftime, I'm sitting there and he's taking it. He's not leaving me. The coach wants to put me in because I was really good. I was really good. I was really tall. I was really tall. I was really fast. And I was really good. And, 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 and the trainer said, no, not gonna, I'm not going to let him go in. And as soon as the last buzzer sounded, my heart went back to normal immediately. Should have died on the basketball court. When they figured out I needed surgery, they're getting me ready. Uh, The the night before uh, the surgery, I'm in the hospital. My parents are there. My aunt's there because they're in San Diego. I went to a specialist in San Diego. and, And in the morning, my aunt goes to my parents and she says, hey, I had a dream last night. It was this amazing dream. I dreamt that I was in heaven and the Lamb's Book of Life opened up and I saw the name Reverend Lee Baca. And then below it, I saw the name Reverend Lee Eric Baca. And she looked at my parents and she said, is Eric's name Lee? Cause I've never gone by Lee. Is Eric's name Lee? They said, yes, I was 17. And then they go in the pre-op room. They go in the pre-op room, and this is a very specialized thing. At the time, 25 years ago, this was a very unique surgery I was gonna have to have. And the surgeon was a specialist all over, from all over the country, and she had her hand-picked team, and, and my, they let my parents go in the pre-op room and pray over me. And as they're praying, they see this, as they get there, this young uh, woman with long hair, all masked up in the, in the typical gowns, and she's moving about and checking things, and they pray for me, and then my mother turns to her and says, please take care of my son. And she said, don't worry, Eric's gonna be okay. After the surgery, they asked the surgeon, hey, who was this lady? Cause she really encouraged us. And she says, describe her. And she said, well, she's young and she had long hair. And the surgeon's like, I don't know who that was. I don't have any, my team was only like seven people. And that, whoever that is, is not someone that should have been on my team. I wanna know who was in that room. My parents knew. It was an angel that was sent to assure them. I got out of that hospital in four days. But I still, I still wasn't done. I had to defeat depression for the first time in my life at 17. As I was recovering, we moved 
away from family and friends, kids I'd grown up with, to a new place. I'm feeling alone. I'm in pain. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm losing weight. I wish I could lose weight now. I was losing weight back then. I, I, I didn't feel like I had anyone to lean on. And then while I'm recovering, God goes quiet. I'm praying for him. I'm not feeling him. I'm in church with my hands up, not feeling a thing. This person's blessed. This person's blessed. See, God was doing something more than I wanted him to do. At the time, I just wanted him to heal me. If he gave my, my aunt a dream from him, if he sent an angel, why did he just heal me? Why did he just comfort me? Why did he fill my room with his presence like he had done months before? Why didn't he just heal me quickly and, and fill my lungs with air and put my weight on and my strength on? Why did, why did I exhaust myself walking half a block at 18 years old? Why did I have to go through that? Let me tell you why. God is up to something. He's setting the waters into a heap, but he's doing it in a way that he desires to do it. Because he knew that I, I needed to know what it's like to trust him, but I don't feel anything. I needed to know how to believe in him when I couldn't see the end of the road. I was called to a life that wouldn't allow me to get very scared or very nervous. He, he knew I'd have to love on people who were broken and hurting and sick. God is up to something in you. He don't have to do it how you want to, but he's up to something powerful and something good. He's turning the tide how he sees fit. And you know why? We'll just go to the point. Because someone's got to go first. Someone's got to go first. He sent the priest with the ark. They're like, what do we do? Why are we going in the water first? We've been praying. We've been interceding. We didn't die in the desert because we're supposed to be priests in, the, in Canaan. In the promised land, what do we do? God said, send the priest with the ark first. See, someone's got to step into the troubled waters first. You are called. You are called to step into troubled waters. If you're going to turn the tide for your family, for the people that you love, the people that you work with, you, someone's got to go first. Someone's got to say, I believe the word of the Lord and step out in obedience. Someone's got to go say, I believe in the word of God and I'm going to stay faithful. I will go first and go alone if I have to. I'll go alone if I have to. I will pray when no one else wants to pray. I will read the word when no one else wants to believe the word anymore. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna raise my children in the fear of the Lord. I'm gonna go first and watch the waters pile up because it's not just for you. It's for those God has called you to. It was as the priest stood in the Jordan with water piling up on one side that allowed the people of Israel to walk forward and as they walked, they looked at what God could do. Because the priest stepped first and the water stood up, they saw, yes, like, like God was with Moses when he made way through the Red Sea, he is with us too. You wanna stem the tide? You wanna turn the tide? Go first. Ha <laughs> ha! I don't want to go first. I don't care. 
Your children need to know you're going first. Your grandchildren need to know I'm going first. I ain't scared. Hey, and you know what's kind of cool? And I bet the priests were a little scared, but they went anyways. They went anyways. They were like, I'm be strong and courageous. I'm be courageous. They say bravery isn't not being scared. It's doing what you got to do even if you are. I'm going to go, Lord. I'm carrying your presence and I'm going forward. God wants to turn the tide. God wants to turn the tide. He's up to something good. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.